plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, hello, Power Partners, and welcome to Star Style. Be the star you are. This is our playground, and we are coming to you live on the Voice America Network. And my name is Cynthia Bryan, and I am really happy that you have joined us today for another installment of Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We are very excited because our new book, Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World, is finally out, published, available uh, on our sites as well as Amazon and wherever you buy your books. So today we're going to be really kind of focusing a bit on that book as well as uh, Heather Brittany will be joining in segment two to read her gift of animals. And this show is really going to be a lot about animals because we're both um, very, very dedicated to our, our, our chickens and our dogs and cats and everything. Everything that we have. So, coming up in segment one, I am going to talk to you about raising chickens because even if you live in a city, most places will allow you to have three chickens or less. So, you're going to get all of that information. The miracle moment for today is brought to you by Be the Star You Are charity. And we are doing Operation Disaster Relief right now. We've been working with the fires here in California, and of course now we have another hurricane that is sounding very devastating on the East Coast, and if it's necessary, we'll be working on that as well. So please go to bethestarur.org, bethestarur.org. And consider making a tax-deductible donation. You will be feeling good that you are helping with disaster relief. And the miracle moment is from Mark Twain. I have been studying the traits and dispositions of the lower animals, or so-called lower animals, and contrasting them with the traits and dispositions of man. I find the results humiliating to me. (laughs) (laughs) And in other words, what he was trying to say is that many times the animals are a little bit more far superior to us. And if you are a person that raises animals, no matter what it is, and whatever kind of pet, birds, fish, whatever, I think you will probably agree that, you know, animals really are such good friends to us and they bring us so much joy that uh, we really have to learn to treat them with respect and love. Well, have you ever wanted to have fresh eggs every day? Would you like to, you know, just go out to your backyard, get a couple of eggs from a coop, crack them open, and make the breakfast of your choice? I mean, it is not only delicious, but it's very healthy and fresh. Well, this is something that I have been doing Literally my whole life since I was eight years old, except for two years when I was um, 
living in apartments abroad where I wasn't allowed to do that. So I couldn't do, you know, couldn't have my chickens then. But other than that, I've always raised chickens. In fact, when I was at uh, Cal Berkeley and I was living in a, a little cottage, it, I wasn't allowed to have a dog or a cat, but I was allowed to have a chicken and birds and a rabbit. So I did that. So that was kind of interesting. Well, all you need is a little bit of space and a few chickens. And you might think that um, raising chickens isn't fun, but I have to tell you, it really, really is. It's not very time-consuming. And especially if you get older chickens, when I say older, I mean mature laying hens so that you're not waiting eight or nine months for eggs. I think that you would be most impressed by having um, chickens as pets because they become very friendly. I have a couple of hens right now that follow me everywhere. They think that they're a dog or a cat. I have to be careful not to trip over them because they're always underfoot. They're with me when I garden. And as soon as I go in the morning, you know, they jump up, they want to like be hugged and all of that stuff. So it is quite, uh, you know, it is quite fun. So here's what you're going to have to do if you are interested in having your fresh eggs and raising a few chickens. Expect just to spend a few minutes every day feeding your chickens, collecting the eggs, and giving them fresh water. Actually, you might have to go, you know, 10 or 20 minutes a week to tending the coops or perhaps an hour or two every month to give your coop a really good cleaning. Now, I'm talking about only if you have a few um, chickens. If you have more, obviously, it's going to take more time. But if you just have like two or three or four chickens, it doesn't take any time at all. The time your chickens demand of you is going to pale next to the pleasant times that they're going to provide you as you watch them scratch around your yard or in their coop. And there's something really calming about them. They have a really sweet, uh, you know, cluck, 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 cluck. <laughs> and, and they're just such happy, happy little birds. Now, you have to do, look, you do have to go, uh, to your city ordinances to make sure that chickens are not banned. Almost every place in the United States, they are allowed. You know, there was that saying, um, a chicken in every pot. So it used to be that everybody had chickens in in towns, etc. And now that's something that's coming back where people really want to raise their own just like they want to have their own vegetable gardens. But check with your town or city offices and they can direct you to any local laws. Most likely, you're not going to be able to have a rooster unless you have neighbors that enjoy that. And if they do, that's great because roosters are wonderful. They, they're the most beautiful of the birds. And if you get a really nice rooster, they take care of the girls. And the girls love having them around. And they're very protective. And they're very, they can be really, really sweet animals. So my recommendation is to start with like three chickens because chickens are really social animals and they love to have company. Uh, Many people think that in order to get eggs, you have to have a rooster, but that is not true. You don't need a rooster at all. The chickens lay eggs. That's what they do. So it doesn't, you don't need a rooster to get eggs. As far as for space, you want to give them as much space as you possibly can. 
Um, I let my chickens, I have a barn, so they go in the barn at night and they have plenty of space in there. But there are these really gorgeous coops that you can buy for just a few hundred dollars now where they give them, you know, inside, you know, like maybe eight to ten square feet per chicken. And that's really nice. Actually, chickens do like to nest up against each other when they're going to sleep at night. But you want to have your coop big enough that it has plenty of ventilation. It needs perches because they like to get up high. They don't like to be on the ground when they're sleeping. You know, that's just bread in them so that they stay away from raccoons and foxes and coyotes and all of that. And they like to have nest boxes where they lay their eggs. If you do the sidecar nests, they're handy because the chickens can access them from the inside and you can collect the eggs from the outside. So what that means is they go into their boxes and then you can lift something where you can you don't have to go inside. You can just get, grab them. And all these prefab coops, there are a lot of different sizes. And they usually, if you go online, they'll tell you, how many hens the house is designed for. I would always, always get the sturdiest uh, coop you could buy and also uh, the largest that will fit into your area. Now, I use hay uh, to put on the bottom of my barn because they. I also have the, the goats and the, and the pigs and the geese and they all like to sleep together and they like to have that hay. But you can put litter in their nests. Um, you can make it do shavings. You could do uh, wood chips. But hay is really kind of the least expensive. You can buy a bale of hay for around, I don't know, 7 or $8 and it really goes a long way. But you could, you know, you could use straw. Uh, wheat straw is really good. Or you could use pine needles. You can do uh, lawn clippings are fine too, but you do need to dry them before you put them on wood because you want to make sure that the grass isn't treated with any herbicides or pesticides. You want the, your, the litter on the ground to be at least a couple inches deep, and that way it's going to absorb any of the manure and the moisture. And then clean it out and replace it as needed, but at least clean it out like once a month. And then I use it as a compost, and I put it back in the garden. So it's really recyclable, and it's great. I have a pair of boots, actually I have two pairs of boots, that I only wear in and around the chicken coop. And uh, one of the reasons for that is that will avoid spreading any illnesses or anything to your chickens. You want to fence in and cover the area when the chickens were going to be outside because you don't want dogs or other predators, especially if they're young. You know, when chickens are young, like hawks and owls, they can come and grab the babies. Now, when they're bigger, they won't. But foxes, coyotes, raccoons, opossums, they all um, do like chicken. So you have to be careful about that. Now, what is the climate? Where are you? Make sure you consider your climate when you build a coop. If you live in a really cold area, you're going to have to insulate that uh, your coop and still have ventilation. You could put uh, maybe styrofoam under the roof a cold weather coop shouldn't be much larger than three or four square feet per bird because the chicken's body heat will provide sufficient warmth in the winter and you don't want to install a heater because then what happens is the chickens don't acclimate to the variations in weather 
you might want to put a, a light in there. If you live in a hot area, the roof should be light colored so that it reflects the sunlight. Like um, since I'm in California and it's warm, I have a light gray roof so that reflects the sunlight. And actually the barn keeps quite cool for them. Now, um, p- chickens pecking and scratching can damage new seedlings or grass or any of that. So if you're going to have a chicken coop that's on wheels that you want to roll around your property, you can do that. But uh, if you're going to just let them out, if you're going to let your chickens out, you're, the best time of year to have them out is really right now. Because um, if you're doing it in early spring, that's when the seedlings are coming up. And it'd be very easy for them to eat any of your perennials or the seeds that are sprouting. But most of the rest of the year, I, you know, like if you're letting them out in summer and spring and um, I mean summer and fall and winter, it's really great because they do a great cleanup job and they're adding manure to your garden. Now, the safest way to get your chickens is to purchase them from a hatchery and raise them yourselves. However, what um, if you all, you can also buy mature hens, but in, and I understand that you can just get them on Craigslist. Or if you're in an area that has has a, like a farm yard or uh, a feed a feed store, you can contact your feed store because most feed stores, you know, feed farm supply stores. Not only will they have recommendations uh, of where you can buy them, but most of them will carry hens. And a lot of them have a bulletin board where people post things and say, hey, do you need, you know, you know looking for a good home? So it, you can also just network at it if you go to have a county fair. And there's also a national poultry improvement program that you can check out. So just look online and you can see. Now, make sure that you buy healthy chickens. If you're buying healthy chickens, they have to have bright eyes, really smooth, pretty, shiny feathers, clean legs, a bright comb. Now, we do remember that egg production declines when the hens pass age three or four. So if you want a lot of eggs, you probably want younger chickens. I have a chicken that's 16. She still lays an egg, oh, maybe once every 10 days or so, but definitely they're not going to lay every day or every couple of days. Now, a well-cared-for hen can live 20 years or more, and then she won't be laying probably at all. But um, I just keep my animals until you know, until it's time for them to say goodbye. A couple of breeds that are really beautiful and friendly, if you want those blue or or those green eggs, get Americana or Aracana, and they're really friendly and they're beautiful. You can get you know, black, white, multicolored. Delaware and Plymouth Rock, they lay uh, eggs with deep brown shells, the Brahma and the Cochin. They're a really large breed. They're really pretty. They have feathered legs, and they also have brown uh, brown eggs. Polish, they're fun, and the Polish actually look like punk rockers, but they lay white eggs, and um, they have this top knot on, on the top of their heads, which is really fun. Now, different breeds lay eggs at different rates. If you want a lot of eggs, white leghorns lay almost every single day. An egg takes 25 hours to develop. So 
It's about an egg a day or an egg every couple of days. So the best hens are laying about 250 eggs a day, and then they take a day off. And then sometimes um, in the winter especially, they will just stop laying for a while. And you may have to put a low-voltage light in there. If there's the more light, the more they'll lay because their bodies are uh, going how the – you know, just like we do, we're we're up and bright and out when it is light out, and we kind of feel sleepy when it's not. So, indeed, and to induce laying during the winter, put a light bulb in the cro- in the coop, and um, you know, if you have a timer, let it on for at least fourteen hours of light, including natural daylight per day, and allow at least eight hours of darkness at night because, just like us, they need their beauty rest. So uh, I think that gives you a little bit, oh, food. Um, they like to be, uh, I, you, for layers, you know, layena is a good one. They also need some oyster shell in it because they need that calcium supplement. I also give them all kinds of um, scraps from the garden. And so that's important too. So you can just keep a big bucket of scraps and they'll eat all of that. They love lettuce and vegetables and fruit. And so if you have vegetables or fruit that are going bad, then um, just bring them to your chickens. But I hope that you will enjoy having a couple of chickens because having fresh eggs, there's nothing like it. And once you have fresh eggs, you probably will never be able to go to the store and buy them again. Well, you listen to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. And when we come back, Heather Brittany will be with us. We're going to continue our conversation about animals, and we will be talking about her chapter, The Gift of Animals, from the book, Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World. Stay with me. Be the star you us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling out to me. Well, we're back and you're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. We are talking about animals today, which is really fun. And um, Heather and her husband, Brian, just got a few more chickens, right? You got are they Americanas or Ericanas? They're black. They're Americanas. They're black Americanas. And have they started laying yet? Are they laying? And they have, which I hope that means that they're happy, little ladies. But talk about um, such you know the metaphorical phrase uh, a pecking order. Yeah. Um, as soon as we got, I told you all about the uh, the tragic heat wave of July seventeenth yes. um, that we lost three chickens in this big heat wave we had, and the remaining three chickens was one was the head honcho chicken, and sort of her, and the uh, other chicken is like the the little pipsqueak, the teeniest of them all, um, but was sort of like her best friend, and then one is this other one we call Popples because she's fluffy, but her friends unfortunately. The one, the chicken she was friends with, they perished. And so in the beginning, she kind of seemed lonely and wasn't really fitting in. Uh, but then after the cat incident, they all bonded. And now with these new chickens that we got, and they are the sweetest little girls, uh, it's funny, it's interesting how uh, they literally um, pecking at each other, that, that the previous chickens, and the littlest, the one I said, the, that's the pipsqueak of it, the little chicken, uh, but that was there from the beginning. She has become the rough and tough, the the one that's just so unfriendly to them. So hopefully, um, last night they all slept together in the coop, and at nighttime they seem to be good, but in the daytime they're all off in their own little thing. So it, it's that's what happens. I mean, that's where, it, yeah, that's where it came. The sun, you know that word, the pecking order, because chickens are notorious for that, and they usually, you know, they work it out. But this is what they're doing; they're working it out, and they're going to kind of see who's the queen bee and who is not going to be the queen bee. So it's, um, it is a little bit, um, it's a little bit challenging for human creatures to watch it because you don't want anybody to get hurt but they usually don't hurt each other they just let each other know that, you know who's in charge right but the black exactly, Araucanas exactly. are really beautiful aren't they the Americanas oh my goodness so beautiful and it's funny that you said that they don't hurt each other um, oh, are they? That's oh. it, that the females really it is sort of this sounds so and I am so you know pro-woman feminism thing but among with the chickens, there is sort of this catty, almost sort of like a little hair pulling in a way, or just sort of like, hey, versus um, when we first got our original chickens, when they were coming from a farm that had roosters on it, these girls looked like they had just been attacked. <laughs> so right. it's, it's definitely a different in a all-female environment with hens. Um, and any little pecking thing, it is really just that... Um, that superficial trying to prove who's better than who, and as you said, establishing the the the, the rankings among them. Yes, yes, and it's real. It is interesting how in a month or two they will figure it all out, and then they will be good to go. You know, they they will get along great. Well, uh, as you know, I'm so excited. Our book, "Be the Star You Are: Millennials to Boomers." 
is out. It's now available at CynthiaBryan.com forward slash books where you're going to uh, get the best deals or you can go on Amazon or whatever online place and it uh, we have 31 contributors and of the 31 contributors, Heather Brittany wrote The Gift of Animals, which is very apropos because Heather has been such a an animal um, defender since you were a little, a young girl, a very little girl. This has always been, um, it's been what you, it's been your forte. And you know what's interesting, watching your uh, cousins, your little cousins, uh, and the ones that are two and three, it seems that this tradition in our family of loving animals is continuing. <laughs> Everybody's, it seems like I see all these little kids with their chickens and their puppies and their horses and, you know, all the different things. So animals are definitely good friends to us. 100%. And, you know, and just I was uh, speaking before about observing chickens and sort of this culture, you know, is that we really can learn so much from animals and that um, as as many or as I know that I've been a vegetarian for almost 27 years now, which sounds crazy. Actually, not 27, for 25 years now, which sounds crazy. Um, but at the same time, I really feel that connection. And it, I mean nothing against anyone that does uh, eat meat to each their own. But for me, um, once I got to a particular age, I really felt that connection that these are more of my friends uh, than uh, my next meal, and um, really feeling that connection and that love. And uh, if uh, you want me to take it away, I'll read from our upcoming or the yes, book I would like to. Released, so um, this is Heather Brittany, so. and she, yeah, yeah, and this is called the Gift of Animals, and this is one of the chapters in the brand new book. It's the third in the trilogy of the Be the Star You Are series. And this is from the book, Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers. Take it away, Heather Brittany. Thank you. And this will kind of just show you as growing as I, as I am of how animals have always been a part of my life. So the gift of animals. So the newborn fawn, fawn was entangled in a barbed wire fence, her mouth bleeding. Her mother lay nearby, shot by a poacher and or hunter, if you're unfamiliar with that. My brother, my mom, and myself were on a hike when we rescued her. We took her back to the mountain cabin. We were in camping to figure out how we would save her. For some reason, this adorable baby took me to a liking me and started suckling on my earlobe. She was hungry and obviously thought I was her mother. I was five at this time, and I was so up for the job. Since we didn't have a baby bottle and we were hours from a store, we did the next best thing. We warmed milk and we poured it down my ear, and I remember this so much. And Bambina survived. That wasn't the first time I felt an urgent need to save an animal in distress. When I was three, I rescued a baby goat and bottle-fed her for two years. Minnie lived until 16 and became the grand dame of the barnyard, as we called her. Over the years, cats, dogs, chickens, ducks, geese, turkeys, bunnies, lambs, horses, birds, pot-bellied mom, I am so sorry, so many animals. Yes, I love them. Rural have found their way to our family's doorsteps where we have always welcomed them with open arms and a loving heart. My first words as a baby were not mama or dada, as most American babies are. My first words were titi, 
And what TD is, is that TD stems for Nefertiti, our black cockapoo puppy. This may have been a signal that animals were going to be with me for my entire life. When I was a junior in high school, my mom and I hosted a TV segment called Animal Tales, which later we changed the name to Animal Cuts, where we showcased all kinds of fantastic creatures, including camels and tourists and monkeys, parrots, pythons, and even once an African lion. When I learned that many areas of the world were economically depressed, leading to poor living conditions for animals, especially for family pets, I wanted to do something to help. Because of the financial strain, some families don't have enough food to feed themselves, much less pets. Many pets are abandoned on streets or dumped in countrysides, left to fend for their own. When we traveled in my youth, I would bring money I'd earned from odd jobs, specifically to purchase food for these strays that we encountered. I lovingly nicknamed my personal charity because I was the only member and the only contributing member, Pets in Poverty. This kind of started my childhood devotion to animals and were prelude to the transit of when I went to college and I got my first apartment. My first apartment, I'm living alone. I decided I need a big, strong dog to be my companion to keep me safe. I grew up with uh, large dogs and I figured that this dog would be a great protector. So I did what anyone does. I start begin to scrolling through websites, determined to find the perfect dog ever. I looked on Craigslist, I looked on everything. But in the end, it ended up being a three-pound chihuahua that I rescued from the side of the road that would end up stealing my heart and be this dog that I still have to this day that I've had now for over 15 years. You can imagine how much she is more than a creature from the road than a family member. And that's the main kind of takeaway. Animals are gifts to humans. They make us better people. They are non-judgmental. They are grateful for the love that we give them. It doesn't matter what animal you choose to invite into your household. Just know that you will be rewarded at time and time with the joy that an animal will bring. And my big takeaway with that is that Animals really are this thing. I mean, that's why there are uh, therapeutic dogs, cats, and we've heard in recent news about uh, how goats and snakes are no longer allowed on planes, that um, people feel so connected. I mean, there's a reason why um, throughout the world it's a multi-billion dollar thing of clothes, of food. I know we subscribe to it that we get an all-organic meal for our dog to eat so that she can maintain her a healthy life. Um, there is this amazing thing that comes from it, just as you said, that we are able to communicate um, in ways that we can't quite communicate. We don't use the same language, uh, but we use the expression of compassion. And there is those moments I just, I've known when I've come home sad, upset, angry, um, smelling terrible, and all those kinds of things. And the excitement my dog has for me when I come home, I kind of clears away all of that. And it's just that pure, that love, that joy that you come into a life. So uh, it's so non-judgmental, you know. They love you no matter what. In the first. In the first book in the series, Be the Star You Are, 99 Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, and Learning to Make a Difference, I wrote a chapter um, that the exercise was was called um, Wag and Wiggle. And it's, it's so interesting because just as you said, it doesn't matter 
what you look like, what you sound like, what you smell like, what kind of day you had. Your animals, when you come home, they're waiting for you, and they're so happy and grateful that you were there. If only we could always do that to other humans, right? Exactly, and that goes for all kinds of animals. And there's even, you know, just as you were talking about chickens before, that um, it's it's so interesting how it's it's just like art. How some people can look at the same thing and see it so differently. That someone can look at a piece of art and be so moved by it, and someone can look at it and think, "What is this? This is silly. I don't I don't get it." And that's just as when we tell people we have chickens. Some people think uh, chicken nuggets, chicken fried steak. You know, they oh, no. Uh, versus me, you know, all of our chickens have names and little personalities. And as I was just mentioning, it's like observing children. They're these, this whole different culture, which they have, which I don't truly understand it because I don't speak chicken or I don't speak dog. But being uh, as an observer on the outside, seeing how they're talking amongst themselves and how you can see how certain ones step up. It is very, um, it's like a mirror for humans. And I feel that, uh, you know, we talk about this often uh, in our crazy, busy lives of just, you know, stopping and breathing and observing and, and how people watching can always be so fascinating. Um, but I think a, a takeaway, too, is do animal observing. If you have a dog and you go to a dog park, of course, focus on your dog, just like taking your child to a pool or in the ocean. Keep your eye on your child. Um, but also observe the interactions among it. The little dogs with the little dogs, the little dogs with the big dogs, the big dogs and the big dogs, and the certain breed with this certain breed. And um, the older dogs and the younger, it's, there are so many cultures within that. Um, and it really reflects on us as well. And I think we can learn from that compassion. And uh, something for me currently right now, as uh, being in my endeavor in the wine industry now, one thing, a real takeaway I am learning from dogs is the sense of smell. That as humans, who would have thought I'm going to tie in wine as from, into animals so people out there think, what can animals do for us? Dogs can make you a better wine drinker. And I'll tell you how. Is that? Yeah, tell we, me how. We, <laughs> no, that it really is that. Uh, so it's something uh, I would just say. You know, get let's get bougie on talk about animals and wine. Um, for humans, you know, one of our, our basic sense that we all smell and, and smell, but we tend to just as our survival things that we know we can smell uh, when something is burning. We know oh, fire, danger, the toast. Oh no, I love. Um, or, you know, or something's really, really rancid, really gone rotten, that we know, oh, God, that, you know, from that it's uh, from, uh, from a distance we can smell, ugh, or, you know, that kind of. But oftentimes we don't smell something unless we're kind of, like, unsure about it. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll eat an apple, we'll eat a banana, we just see things, oh, I know that, I trust that. Oftentimes it's only when we're tiptoeing into the adventurous world of food uh, that we're not really sure of. And if you ever notice, if you have a dog, they smell everything. They, whether it be a little piece of poop or just the ground below them, that and the way they smell, they that they don't just put their nose in and take one big waft. But they do all these little, all these little. And, and that's interesting, you know, when you hear people talk about wine and they say things that sometimes sound pretentious, they'll say gooseberries and 
you know, the smell of rain on a Tuesday when it's Wednesday, you know, things that just don't even make sense. And I realized you got to get out there in order to smell, you know, what grandma's purse smells like that's been sitting in the closet or, you know, rain or grass that's wet, just do that, smell things. And I find myself now, I just watch my dog, the way she smells every little thing. And sometimes I almost feel offense, like offended that, you know, why I took a cut of the steak that my husband was eating and I give to her, and I know she's going to love that. But she smells it as the way when we often smell things that we don't trust it and the way that they're trying to take in all those sensory things of it. So they have something in their mind to recognize that's what this smells like. This is what it smells like when it tastes good. This is when it smells like when it tastes bad or what exactly that is. So that's something, and, and if even if someone isn't into wine, a way an animal can just help your nose sensor, or a dog can help your nose senses, is by remembering sense. Is because our biggest connection to memory is through sense. And I know when I smell a, a particular suntan lotion. It reminds me of being in swim team when I was a kid. So do cup of noodles ironically remind me of swim team because right, I have those right. in between races. And it's those kinds of things. So even not relating that into an alcoholic product is get out there, start smelling more things, the apple, the orange. So you have that in your sense memory. Um, there's so contention from but there's so many things that animals can teach us with that and uh, my, my current thing with that and, and uh, I know also for you uh, something we've always been really big about is uh, you know pets and part is that every animal uh, needs a home and you've always I think something I learned from you and probably have taken on um, is that there are so many organizations out there if you are th- um, thinking about getting a dog a cat bunny um, that beyond paying for um, you know, I know many people are attached to particular breeds, um, but, and even if you are attached to a particular breed and you think that you don't want an animal uh, from a shelter, you'd be surprised to find out that not only within shelters are there so many, quote-unquote, purebreds, but there are actually um, shelters devoted just to particular kinds. So um, some people think that they want a higher pedigree of dog or whatever animal um, due to a particular standard sort of saying, you know, I want the Gucci purse, I don't want the knockoff, or I don't want something that, you know, the, the designer that less Gucci is making. Um, so, you know, there are, there are purebred um, shelters and they, that you can look up that um, it is, it, the only fees you're essentially paying for is any shots. Um, I've never seen anything even at $100. Um, so if that's, if people are considering uh, getting a, a new creature into their life, um, look on, you know, before you go to a breeder, before you go to someone that essentially, you know, really do research beyond breeding, if you think about it with these things that these animals are overbred, that pure breeds are essentially inbred, um, and that's where they tend to have um, higher senses of diseases and, and issues. Um, so you can find, if you really want a purebred, you can contact and look into. It's a Google click away. Right. Well, let's talk about that. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will talk about uh, how to 
find an animal that might be the perfect animal for you. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Heather Brittany is our guest, and she's just read The Gift of Animals from our new book, Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers. Pick up a copy or check it out while we're on break. Go to CynthiaBryan.com forward slash books. And we'll be right back, so don't go away, Heather. Stay right there. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Be the star you are. The star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Bethestarur.org. Dare to care. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling out to me. Okay, we're back, and this is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I am Cynthia Bryan, and with me is Heather Brittany, and we are talking about um, pets and animals and how they are our friends and different ways that you can actually get pets. So, uh, Heather, before we went to break, we were talking about kind of adopting a pet, and how um, we can get our best friends by maybe going to a shelter or some adoption center besides going, you know, obviously there are breeders out there, but the interesting thing is is that there are so many people who get a pet and then realize that their apartment is too small for it or, you know, that they don't have time or whatever it is. So um, let's go back to that. I was just thinking about, Maybe we should talk about some of the questions we need to ask ourselves when we're getting a pet, whatever it is. How, what, what are the questions like to fit our lifestyle? Like I was just saying, do you live in an apartment or do you live in a house? You know, do you have access to the outdoors? Is your pet going to be indoors or outdoors or it's going to have to stay in a cage? Are, do you have certain things that you think about um, when you are, you know, when you're talking about a, a pet? Or getting an animal? Oh, my God. Your- well, you know, most definitely. As just as we mentioned before, that uh, in the story there, when I think that, you know, I grew up with big dogs, but we also had a big backyard, and we had acres of space, and that's why we had all these, you know, crazy right. creatures. 
and um, being, uh, you know, in college in my young 20s and having this teeny tiny and a poor excuse of a, a backyard, meaning a patio that was, you know, five, five feet across, three feet wide, you know, that that's not fair for big dogs. And I remember um, I other people I living they need more in, space. in the apartment complex that had these enormous dogs and they'd be taking them out on their daily walks. And I just thought that was so sad. And even, you know, not throwing any shade to friends of mine who I, I love and respect that they have rescued bigger dogs, but they don't really have the space, you know, that they have these tiny apartments and there's, you know, just basically a balcony. And so I ended, but, you know, they love their dogs and they're probably taking them out, you know, three, four times a day for all these walks and this. And when they're gone, they have a walker, which is always great. Um, but I, I view it just as humans. Like, we need space. We, you know, it's so lovely to have, but we need to be out and about and stretch, stretch our life. So, so I think just to be fair, um, you know, to all, and, I, and again, at the same time, I, I, I respect anyone who wants to save and help animals, but also make sure um, that you do have the space to have the proper animal asset and just kind of think in your own mind. Um, our, and also time commitment. Are you going to be able to uh, – do? You, are you someone who is at work all day and doesn't get home till late and leaves early in the morning? Is this animal, um, if you don't have space for them, are they going to be cooped up all day? Are they going to be in a cage? Is this an animal that requires multiple feedings or whatnot? Um, also, and also do you travel? Do you know, if you have a job where you travel a lot – that it may not be uh, a good match to have a pet yeah, because if exactly. you're traveling I mean, all the time, that's certainly not fair to your pet. Exactly. I mean, there's there's so many things. Um, I mean, in my mind, I would love, there's so many creatures I would love to have, but we're gone so often that already, you know, it's having people come and take care and stay with our animals to do these things. So, um, and also um, financial commitments, too, that uh, not only is it, you know, the feeding, but um, unfortunately, uh, health insurance is not covered under animal insurance. And uh, if I could do it again, like we always say next um, next dogs we get, and you can do this with shelter dogs, it's, you have to do it right as you get them, uh, that there is this thing called pet insurance and uh, it, it seems, I don't want to say silly, but a little expensive and silly thing. I'm not sure if it's $25 a month or $50 a month, something, um, which might seem like a lot, but uh, if you have ever had a dog or cat, um, oh, my goodness, uh, when you, uh, veterinarian care is astronomical. And I will just say there's, you know, there's times when these animals really become more of a family member and you could not fathom in your mind if you would think, of course we are going to, you know, get a cast for my, you know, my child or my mom because their arm is broken. Um, but it, it can, that can be um, $2,000 unexpected when it's your cat. And I know for them that's really hard for them. And some people might be thinking right now, a dog or a cat. So those are things to consider, too, is that financially um, down the road or, you know, in this day and age, your dog might get diabetes or have to go on a diet. You know, it's that... Um, they get, yeah, you know, the animals can really get all kinds so of things. Animals. So it's, it's, it's maintaining the healthy lifestyle for them as well. Are you able to afford this? And also looking at those things. So um, What about, um, you know, on a dog or a cat, what about putting the microchips 
What's your thought on that? Uh, the biggest fan of that. So my dog, and uh, knock on wood, we have yet to have to use it on her. Um, but that was something uh, that I that I mentioned that my dog was a side of the road dog that these people did not want her. And the next thing I knew, I had her. And uh, within the first week of me having her, I took her to a vet uh, to get checked out. And what the vet told me is that by looking at her teeth, who uh, Chihuahuas are um, uh, as many breeze are, have different uh, dispositions, that her teeth were already falling out. She had not had any of her shots, and she wasn't spayed. Uh, and the spaying and neuter is also another thing I want to get onto. But uh, and so they did all of that, and as well as they microchip my dog. So what that is, they put this tiny little, uh, it sounds kind of so crazy now in our new age, but basically they put this little thing right underneath the skin um, that if your dog is to get loose, get kidnapped, whatever it may be, and they don't have a collar or something, identify them, which I will say our dog is so little uh, that collars are actually so heavy on her that she never wears a collar. She, so if she is to run out, if she was to run out, um, she really would just be dog on the run. So um, now, Dave, so many people are aware of that, that if you see a dog, if, you know, if, if no one responds via text, via, you know, posting little signs uh, in the neighborhood. Um, if you find a stray animal, cats, dogs, I believe are the only ones that's now that uh, have these, can have these in, um, that if you take them to any veterinarian or any uh, shelter, they have a thing that basically scans the dog and it will have all the information on it. It will say who owns them and, and care. Also, if you have this, make sure you keep that updated because as we bought a house two years ago, um, we, uh, had, we had to switch vets for our dog. And when we went in and we um, let them know that she was microchipped, uh, that they found out all our information was from many, from almost 10 years ago when I had that first apartment, which was kind of horrifying to think that if someone had, I'm sure if they went back and back and through all the contact and, uh, you know, my phone number, but all the information was related back to 10 years ago for me. So make sure if you get this, it's a fantastic thing. It's basically um, a home away thing that if your animal is lost and uh, if someone has a kind heart, uh, you know, either to, to return, you know, to bring them in, um, that they'll be able to contact you instantly uh, versus the fact that your animal could either um, end up with someone else or potentially be euthanized because the animal was not uh, claimed. So to avoid that, and it's a very, um, it's, I believe it's less than $100, and it's forever that these things can stay in. So I highly recommend that if, um, if you have an animal. Uh, again, this, it's just like all things you hope you'll never need to use it, but knowing that it's there kind of gives you that extra sense of security that um, potentially your, your animal will be um, returned to you safely. Well, you know, that's such good information, and it's so interesting that you had the information from your first apartment, because that apartment was torn down, so if anybody had gone yes. to Oh, my gosh, right? That would right? been horrible. That was, yeah, talk about the other that's, I think that's really an interesting thing, is that just brings me to another topic of how important it is to keep all, everything updated at all times I mean I was just at an appointment and was asked oh, when was the last time that you updated your materials and I said oh I think gosh I think I did it last year and we looked back and it was 2008 
So again, the same thing. It was like 10 years ago. So the, the time goes by so quickly. And if we don't update, you know, we could really get ourselves into some trouble. So uh, so that is really good information. Well, I think that this is all the time that we have for today. So I'm going to just leave you, let you uh, give one wrap up about what you feel the gift of animals is and, you know, what's what you feel is the most important thing as a takeaway. Yeah, so the gift that I announced for me is that animals have always had this very, very special place in my heart. And, again, this is, you know, adding the little warning to that this is just my own personal view. But um, when I was young, for me, when I mentioned before why I no longer eat meat and I don't pass any judgment towards anyone that does, is just when I was a kid, I I, I had that question of why why do we eat why do we eat this and we don't eat that? And the answer was sort of I don't know. I remember I you know all these animal all these <laughs> animals that you know the pigs and cows uh, and chickens that we eat on that daily lifestyle. That growing up those were those weren't just meals for me. Those were um, our family. And right. And and for me, pets really become family members. That you know, when they have names and you care for them, and so much love and devotion. And as we spoke before about that, um, this different kind of communication. That though they cannot uh, properly reciprocate to you the words "I love you" or "Yes, tell me more. I hear what you're saying." <laughs> you know, they're, well, thank you. They're there so I'm going to allow, just you know, jump in and they allow to be that, that thing for you. And so for me, my just thing is that uh, even even if you eat meat, just view animals another way in a loving and compassionate way, and know that uh, we are all here together for some crazy reason. So um, pass only nothing but love and kindness onto animals because that is truly what they teach us as well. Well, I love it. So open your heart to the gift of a loving animal because joyfulness awaits you. Emmanuel Kant said, we can judge the heart of a man by his treatment of animals. So let's treat all of our animal friends like we treat our friends and our family. And pick up a copy of Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World. Go to CynthiaBryan.com forward slash books and you will find it. Well, thank you all for being great listeners and being here with me every week from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Network coming to you live. This has been Star Style, Be the Star You Are. For information about the charity, Be the Star You Are, visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. And remember that we are doing disaster relief right now. And that is so critical. So we really do uh, need your help. Uh, that go to be the star you are dot org. Until we celebrate next week, remember love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And this has been Star Style. We thank you and encourage you to be the star you are. Pet a pet today and give an animal a home. Until next week, thanks for joining us. Be the star you are, the star you are, be the star you are, you are the star. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. 
We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.